0: Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: We're at the South Street Seaport. It's Thursday morning here in Lower Manhattan. You just heard the voice of Kimberly A. Martin, NFL reporter, who joined us in the last hour talking about the biggest NFL news. Well, I guess the biggest NFL news is that the regular season opener is one week from today. Chiefs, Texans, we're ready to go. Jay's ready to go. What date is that? September 10th, a week from today. That's also my birthday, Zubin. I'm going to keep reminding you. Happy early coming. Key, you should get him a Duke Basketball jerseys, so you guys can be uh together there with the basketball jerseys. Key's wearing a UCLA jersey this morning, paying off losing a bet. Jay Wills grinning from ear to ear. It might not be wiped off for about a week.
2: I'm just enjoying it. No, it's cool. It's, all, it's, it's all good, bro. He
0: he's it's worked all... off a lot of his a lot of his anger good. in this past hour. He's starting to settle into it. It's not the...
1: touching my skin, so I'm good. Key does have one layer in between. Yeah.
2: Like should... this don't even like, I don't even look right in this. <laughs> just my whole get-up, my style, my swag, my personality does not fit UCLA at all whatsoever. Like, it's just not even – they don't even recruit dudes like me. What does that mean? They don't recruit dudes like me with attitudes that I got, with my swag. Them dudes over there are boring. Russell, Ryan, Ryan, Russell Westbrook
0: wasn't born.
2: Wh- Russell Westbrook barely played at UCLA, right? I mean, he didn't get the minutes and the buckets that he should have got. That's they fair. treated him like he was a stepchild. They got dudes like Ryan Hollins, man. Come on, man. Oh man, I'm a BD, Baron <laughs> Davis on line 1. But BD already know how I feel. We 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 grew up together, so we already
1: know how I feel. Ryan knows how I feel. Ryan wore number 15, Keys wearing a 42 for Kevin Love. Look at
2: that though. Just
1: Come on, man, get the
2: show on the road. All
1: right, let's do it. Keyshawn J. Will's do, and he's wearing that bet because he lost a Clippers-Mavericks bet on who would win the series. Key and I went with the Mavs. Bad call. We're coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, and we are brought to you by Heineken. Also want to mention, uh, Key, uh, not to bring up anything bad, but real quick, what was your record against UCLA? Do you remember? Okay, so
2: either, either, either your ass, somebody either tweeted that or don't kill the messenger. Yeah, well, Just answer the question. I was zero two against him. But look, hey, <laughs> selfish. Look, look, selfish player. I balled in those games, though. <laughs> I, look, I killed it, them, it, I in was, those games. It wasn't me. It I wasn't did. Me. I did my job. It's not my fault. I, I tried to Willis the Willister victory, <laughs> but it's not even about my record. I never ever grew up a UCLA dude. I grew up across the street from USC. Literally, mm-hmm. my my apartment building. Is on the FDR, and this is USC. I lived on the FDR, like literally right there. UCLA is just snooty. It's it's it, it butts up against Bel Air, and they think that they're just. Even though we're supposed to be the spoiled children. They walk around acting as if they just high and mighty because of where the school is placed in the neighborhood.
1: Right. So for people that don't know, sometimes USC was known as the University of Spoiled Children. Yeah, it was yeah why, the University why, of Southern what's, California.
2: What's that? What's that called? The,
1: victory, the, man! It's the victory victory.
0: That two fingers down. <laughs> yes, that's right. That doesn't seem like downtown L.A. You don't LA. even. First of, all, you, tough first of all, you. First of all, like hey, I'm from downtown L.A. First of all, victory, you're not even your wrist. Victory. is not even
1: right. So how do you how do you know about a good wrist?
2: I'm going to leave it alone. Yeah, you
1: should leave that one alone. Next play. (laughs) We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Damian Woody, to talk a little bit of football at 7.30 a.m. Eastern up here on the Shell Pennzoil (laughs) performance line. Okay, so let's get into it. Leonard Fournette Mm -hmm. goes from Jacksonville to Tampa. There's a lot of layers here. Obviously, the opportunity to play with Tom Brady is one. But just throw it together. You got Tom Brady, Gronk, Mike Evans. You add Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Um, are the Bucks appreciably better today than they were yesterday?
2: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. They if if Leonard Fournette can stay healthy and do some of the same things that he did several a couple years ago with Tom Brady and OJ Howard and Gronk and Godwin and Evans, Evans they're going to be hard to beat. Hey, I'm not saying they're going 16 and 0 but they're going to be a hard out. I mean, and up, and when you, look at, when you look at it from now. a defensive standpoint and, and Coach Bowles and the things that he does from a defensive Ty standpoint, yep. Todd Bowles is ridiculous. And you talk about Byron Leftwich and cutting down the interceptions. Tom Brady going to do that just on GP, which means basically on his own. Lefbridge, the DOC. Uh, Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator. When you got Tom Brady at the quarterback spot and you know that the mistakes are going to be at a minimum, you can win a whole lot of ball games doing that. I love you, Keyshawn. You just sat up here and talked so great about the Bucks, and I, that's awesome. They,
0: and I get Leonard Fournette, good pickup if he's what he was a couple years ago yeah. when he was healthy.
1: Yeah, You picking him to beat the Saints? That's the week one matchup, by they, the way. They that, always. That's, that's my thing. You, you sat up always, here and said all these great things. No, I, Saints uh, just got they, they, can, they can, can, back.
2: No, but they can beat the Saints because they, they, they have always given the Saints issues. When the Saints, you think about it, last, was it last year that they went into New Orleans and popped them mm-hmm. with, I'm saying, with Jameis but Winston? When the division, quarterback?
0: Are they? Are you picking the Ooh, Tampa Bay man, Buccaneers to win That, that division,
2: the division, that 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 South division, just got real tight, man. Yeah, that thing got tight. So I'm asking you to make a
0: stand. Are you picking the Buccaneers to win the South division?
2: I can't go against my nephew and the New Orleans Saints and Michael Thomas. That's all nepotism, one hundred. Okay, okay. I'm I'm going with the Saints. Doesn't mean that the Bucks aren't going to be second and, and make it to the playoffs and make a strong run. I like the fact that Leonard Fournette decided to go there. You know, I was worried yesterday, pri- literally 45 minutes prior to him signing, yeah. Allen, who works with us in production, right. we were going back and forth on the Fournette situation, trying to figure out why isn't he signed? How come? Because we got a running back of this caliber with a $4 million number on him, and he clears waivers several uh, hours later. You're like, well, nobody signed him for $4 million, so something must be wrong. And then you got Doug Marone trying to throw salt at him out there in the public as if they couldn't get two nickels for, for him. You know, it's like, well, wait a minute. What's, what's really underneath the hood? And once you take a step back and you think about Bruce Aarons, who's a player's coach, mm-hmm. you say, okay, this is the right situation. Veteran leadership with Brady and some other guys that's over there. You say okay, so this you're saying is a all, team. all
0: all the all the rumors about Fournette about him, you know, sleeping during game film, about him being late for practice, about him not being engaged. But, all those things but, just disappear now. All of a sudden, that he's underneath Bruce Arians.
2: It happens that way, man. Um, with it, you, it, I, it I'm with you. I saying a player can change play, his mindset. You play losing mentality, losing for, team, losing mentality. I got to get out of here. I don't want to be around these dudes. I don't like the owner. I don't like how they did some of my other teammates. I'm cool with Jalen Ramsey. They shipped him off. Uh, you know, so when you start looking at it, you go. I'm better off being somewhere else. I can re-energize. I can get with a, a winning culture that understands me. Hmm. Okay, Bruce Arians understands us and what it's like to be a player and all of those sort of things. Where other coaches sometimes, like Charles Barkley was saying, yeah. and these dudes be frauds and lazy. They, you think they be good coaches and you think that they're uh, 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 authentic in certain situations. They don't be. They be frauds. They really do. Self-preservation a lot of times. I'm
0: saying, you know, I'm, I'm with Keel on the culture. I mean, if Tom Brady has established a culture with Chris Godwin it's and company. But it's not
2: even Tom Brady. It's Bruce, I mean, it's Bruce Arians.
0: that's what I said. It's the culture of a team. but It's the work-like mentality that is approached every single day. It's easy to get lost in the sauce when you Ooh, have somebody lost that believes you. in the sauce. It's like a Exactly. When, when the culture's right, though, right? Yeah. You yeah. throw yourself into what the team is doing. That, that comes with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady as your leaders.
2: And, and, and it happens all the time. But I was all, I was wondering – why certain teams didn't jump at him that needed a running back. They all started saying, oh, we're good, we're, good. we're set, we're good, we're set. And the Bucs just waited in the wings and got the deal done, and now he's probably going to go to the forefront, because obviously, to me, he's better than LaShawn McCoy at this stage. Uh, Ronald Jones, one of my USC alums, is a solid running back, but I don't think he gives you that what Leonard Fournette gives you. But even so, they could use it as a one-two punch because I think he's a better back out of the backfield catching the balls than Leonard Fournette. But Leonard Fournette, man, coming downhill, if he's right, you got to get out the way, Z.
1: No doubt. We'll talk about it with Damian Woody again, and I mentioned at 7.30 a.m. Eastern. And the Hall of Famer, Ed Reed, is going to join us at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Obviously, he's a great defensive player in his man, day. Man, he wasn't that good, man. <laughs> Are you sure How'd he do that? against you?
2: Man, Ed played safety so it was good. I mean, okay, I'm saying you have right. no, no, no. Yeah, come on, man. I'm
1: being Precie- playful yeah. now. He you doesn't
2: have a gold jacket. So you've yeah. had some
0: people on the show now that you said, "Hey, how's your face no, no, feeling in no, the he, mud?" No, no, but he, how's your face he,
2: feeling he, in
1: the mud? That's your line.
2: No, I didn't. I don't think I got Ed. I'll ask you. I might have gotten <laughs> once, maybe.
1: He might have got me once. We'll ask him at 8:30 a.m. Eastern when the Hall of Famer joins Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Still to come. It was one week ago that sports shut down. <laughs> Again, this time for a completely different reason than the coronavirus. And for one major league player, it hit real close to home. And he's not even back on the field yet. We'll get to that and talk to him, tell you who we're talking about.
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us
4: for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people
1: safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good morning. It just seems like you need every single letter of the alphabet from A to Z to explain the wildness in the NBA last night. Let's start with the Heat and the Bucks. So late in the game, you got Goran Dragic fouling Chris Middleton. He ends up hitting three free throws, fouled him on a three to tie the game. And then a very controversial call on Giannis fouling Jimmy Butler with no time left. Butler hits both free throws with no time left on the clock. And that's the difference. 1-16, one, 1-14. One, a couple other NBA games tonight. raptors celtics see if the Raptors can get on the board, and then the Nuggets and the Clippers at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's a Western Conference matchup. Speaking of Western Conference, absolutely wild game after the Bucks and the Heat were done between the Thunder and the Rockets. Incredible. James Harden had a tough game, 4 for 15, 1 for 9 from deep, but at the end of the day, the offensive juggernaut made a huge defensive stop on Lou Dort, who had the ball in his hands in the final seconds, The Rockets are going to move on. They'll take on Keys Lakers game one Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, of course, from the bubble. And a sad note from the world of baseball, the Hall of Famer Tom Seaver died Monday at 75 of complications from Louis body dementia and COVID-19. If you're old enough, you remember Seaver leading the Mets to their improbable World Series victory in 1969, forever known as the amazing Mets won three Cy Young Awards dozen times he was an all-star, and when he went into Cooperstown in 1992 in his first year of eligibility, he got an astounding 98.84% of the vote at the time, the highest election percentage anyone ever had. We'll get some memories of Tom Seaver, including an amazing off-the-field story you have to hear coming up with Tim Kirkton in just about 40 to 45 minutes from now. More baseball talk is on your way here in 15 seconds.
5: NFL teams have canceled practice to have open
3: conversations. WNBA postponed games the last two days. Major League Baseball and MLS postponed a handful of games amid the protests.
1: It's a pleasure to have the Brewers World Series champion. Obviously won that championship with the Royals. Lorenzo Cain join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Two-time All-Star, Gold Glover, World Series champion. We'll get to your decision to opt out here in just a second. I know you're joining us from Oklahoma as you keep tabs on your team from afar. But as a black man in this country who plays for the Brewers, Kenosha, 40 miles south of Milwaukee, what was your reaction to the Jacob Blake shooting?
5: You know, I, I just don't want to just only speak on that shooting. Uh, this, things like this have been going on for a long time. So uh, um, things like that are tough to see, tough to watch, especially for me. You know, things like that stick in my head. You know, that's something I don't like watching. I don't like seeing. But uh, it's, a, it's an issue, you know, that, that's been going on for a while. And um, as society, as, as a country, we need to find a way to get better in that aspect. And um, I've actually been talking – talking to a lot of different people like governors and, and mayors in, in different spots to, to kind of get all this situated out and, and, and find ways to better improve everything that's going on in this in this country.
2: Lorenzo, um, I want to ask you this. Being a big-time player, accomplishing so much as an African-American in baseball, taking a look around, there's not a whole lot of us that's playing right now. What's your reaction to the way that the players have responded to what took place in Wisconsin?
5: Guys are just using their platform, you know. Everybody's in a, in a different position in life, and um, you know, as, as athletes, you know, um, we we must continue to speak out. We must continue to to to, to help out people because we're in a position to help people out, and we got to continue to do that and c- continue to grow a, a, as people and um, a, as a community. Just being in sports in general, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to continue to bring awareness to these situations that's going on. Because they like say this can't continue to go on, this can't continue to happen. And um, like I say, only thing as far as me, myself, players, we gotta continue to speak out. You know, speak the truth. Um, we want people to be held accountable for when they when they mess up. You know, mistakes are mistakes, but things as far as you know the, the George Floyd incident, where you know he continued to hold his knee on guy on, on his neck for almost ten minutes. Things like that just can't happen. And uh. As a, society, as a group, we got to clean it up and, and things must get better.
1: You know, Lorenzo, at the time you opted out, you were the most high profile player by far at the time to make that decision. Can you take us inside that decision for you personally and collectively with the Brewers?
5: It, it was a tough situation to do. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to go out there and grind day in and day out with, with my teammates. But um, in this instance, I had to, you know, just kind of take a look back, take a step back, you know, with everything that's been going on in 2020, uh, me also trying to, you know, get my life back right with God as well. And um, I- including the COVID situation, because, you know, I have two kids, one of two of them have asthma. So it's a situation I had to just kind of put my family first and um, you know, the the risk, it just wasn't worth it for me and my family. So uh, I decided to put them first for a change. You know, I've been putting baseball before them for a long time and, and I decided just just look, you know, go in a different direction, put them first, understanding that they, their health is 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 more important than 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 a game of baseball. So uh that's why I did it, you know. Um I'm still checking in on the boys every day, you know, checking in on and see if they're playing well or not playing well. I'm still talking to my teammates day in and day out. And uh yeah, just checking in on them and and you know, we're all trying to, you know, seek the same thing and that's change. When
2: you look at major league baseball how do you respond to what they're doing in terms of the injustice going on? And what would you say to that?
5: Um, I would say in the past, um, you know, especially when, you know, Captain started kneeling at the time. And I remember thinking, you know, I I was in a tough spot. I didn't know what I should do Um, because, you know, let's be honest, guys were basically losing their jobs or it was kind of frowned upon to, to kneel. But uh, I completely understand why he did it, you know. Um, things need to change as far as police brutality. And and for them, for me personally, I can only speak on Milwaukee Brewers because that's why I play for. But, you know, I've been holding Zoom calls. I've been talking to the owner. I've been talking to the GM. We consistently uh, talk and, and trying to figure out ways to to help get this country in a better place. And for me they basically told me whatever resource I need, anything I need, they backed me, they have my back, whatever I think, anything I need, they're there. And for me, that's, that's, that's a start. And, and that's all I can ask for right now. And for them to continue to allow us to continue to bring awareness and they also help us throughout the process. And it's been, it's been a pleasure, you know, working with them and, and trying to, and trying to seek change.
2: Lo, how hard has it been to sit on the sidelines and watch baseball, knowing everything that we're dealing with in our country?
5: It's, it's been tough. It's been it's been really tough. Um, like I say I I, I I enjoyed the grind. I like being out with my teammates, which I said before. Um, the, just being out there and grinding with them day in and day out, it's been tough. It's been tough because I'm I'm home now, and it's it's kind of hard to, to to do as much as I want because I'm, I'm sitting in the house. I'm, I'm you know I opted out for a reason. I'm trying to keep my family safe, trying to keep my kids safe. And it's been tough to, to, to see from, from afar. But at the same time, my teammates has been updating me every day. Um, they've been kind of leading the charge since I haven't been there. Um, as far as my teammates, they, they've been nothing but great. They they're continue to, to keep me in the loop, continue to seek change, continue to you know fight for systemic change. And like I said, that's all I can ask for them.
1: Lorenzo Kane is joining us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. You and about a hundred other black players have formed something called the Players Alliance. Can you tell us about how this organization came together?
5: You know, it's like I said, that's, that goes back to us using our platform. Um, We're we're doing something that we are in a position to help people and we just can't sit back and watch what's going on. and, And especially with the position we're in and not help people and not try to do things to, to help change, and, and that's what we're doing right now. We're using the Player, player align, alliance, alliance, rather, and uh, we're, we're taking full advantage of it, and we're using it to the best of our abilities. And that's what we got to continue to see. You know, for this thing to, to stop, we got to continue to bring awareness, continue to fight for each other, continue to grow as, as people in this country. And uh, I think if we continue to do that, slowly, slowly, I feel like change will continue to happen. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I don't want to have to – you know, explain this to my kids when they get old, you know, I want this to be hopefully over and done with by the time they get to a certain age when they fully, fully understand what's going on. And uh, yeah, I, I just don't, I want to be the last person to to talk about this. You know, that, that's what, that's what I call progress. When when you don't have to hear another guy like myself or Keyshawn or anybody that's involved I talk about this situation ever again. That, and that's what I consider progress.
2: Have you had any type of communication, conversation with any of the players in Major League Baseball about registering to vote or getting out to vote at all?
5: We have not, you know. Like I said, we got a group app with with everybody on the app, and you can basically talk to everybody about anything what's going on. But voting is something we hadn't spe- specifically talked about. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. That's something we can. I can add that to the group, and we can get on that and make sure everybody's getting out and voting. And doing their part, because like you said, it, it makes a big difference. Um, you know, putting putting the right person, or having getting a chance to vote for a right leader that's going to lead the right way, and and, and also see change in, in what we're trying to focus on as well. So uh, yeah, I'll definitely introduce that, introduce that to the fellas, and uh, we kind of move on and go from there.
1: Last thing here for you, Lorenzo. I know you can't speak for Bruce Maxwell, who took a ton of heat when he became the first Major League Baseball player to take a knee while he was playing for the Oakland Athletics. He's now the New York Mets organization. He was criticized roundly for that decision since Major League Baseball has been a little bit behind the curve with regard to the other sports, with regard to social injustice. What do you think about what he did now versus then that we have the hindsight and perspective that we do?
5: What he, what he did was, was bold. It was courageous. Um, like I say, I was I, I'm I'm gonna be honest, I was nervous. I was afraid to, to to kneel because, like I say, I was you were basically afraid to lose your job. You know, if you went out and kneeled and and took a stance against something in which you know we're, we all need to continue to fight for, and that's police brutality. And uh, I applaud him for doing that and and having the strength to do that. And now we're fully we fully understand why Kaepernick did it, why Bruce did it. And uh, I think now from, from now on out, everybody's going to use the platform to better seek change. And uh, like I said, I applaud him for doing that. That, that, took, that took some courage to do that because uh, I was definitely, definitely unsure on what to do back then. But from now on out, that, that definitely, I won't be nervous. I won't be afraid to, to speak my mind or say what I need to say to uh, hopefully better this world.
1: You can find more information about the great work being done by the Players' Alliance, that website I mentioned. It's a group of 100 African-American players. The website is theplayersalliance.com. Their tagline is, One Team, One Dream, Be the Change. Lorenzo, best of health. Stay safe, and thanks for joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. We'll talk to ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody on a variety of subjects, including Leonard Fournette and Kirk Cousins. But first, it's time for your Center updates.
4: In control, OKC with 7 to shoot. Shea Gildas Alexander fires to Dort. He shoots a 3 block by Harden on the perimeter. And a save on the end line out of bounds to Houston. How about James Harden struggling all night on the offensive end? Coming up with one of the biggest defensive plays here in Game 7.
1: That's Mark sure the voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. Quick reminder, SportsCenter brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Cover all your bases with Straight Talk Wireless. Get the same networks as big carriers, only pay up to 50% less. Get the unlimited plan, 25 gigs, high-speed data, then 2G for just 45 bucks a month, only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Crazy game. James Harden did not play well at all. Four for 15, one for nine from deep. But when it counted a huge block on Lou Dort, who strangely had the ball in the final seconds for the Thunder and the Lakers are awaiting the Houston Rockets. Game one Friday, night Eastern on ESPN. The Heat continued their playoff surge. They're up 2-0 on the Bucks. First time ever in playoff history that a five seed has been up 2-0 on a one seed. Controversy all over the game. Final seconds. Giannis fouling. Jimmy Butler with no time on the clock. Jimmy Butler hits a couple free throws and by that margin hitting three throws with zeros on the clock puts the heat up 2-0. and we wrap up with some sad news from the world of baseball. The hall of famer, the great Tom Seaver, the Amazons died yesterday uh, Monday at the age of 75. Seaver was inducted into the hall of fame in 1992. He received a record 98.84% of the vote. That was the largest Biggest percentage anyone ever had at that time. ESPN baseball analyst and resident historian Tim Kirkshank is going to be here in about a half hour or so to regale you with an amazing off the field story for Tom Seaver. Tom Terrific, three time Cy Young Award winner, dozen times an All Star, and dead at the age of 75. We promised Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, and he is here with us on the Shell Pennzoil Oil Performance Line. It is Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahenty. Good morning. Damian, first things first. I want to ask you about what you think about the addition of Leonard Fournette to the Bucks and what it does with regard to where they stand as one of the elite teams in the NFC.
4: Well, I mean, listen that's a that's another talented running back that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have added to the roster. I mean, listen, Keyshawn, would know, all of you guys would know this. When you're surrounded by good guys, it tends out to bring that brings out the best in you as a football player. So. You know, for a guy like Leonard Fournette who's looking for a reset in his career, what better place to, to find it than being with the with the goat, a all time great Tom Brady at the at the quarterback position, and surrounded by all that skilled talent that they have on the offensive on the offensive side of the football. So, this was a good landing spot for him, and and again, it, it brings a physicality um, to their rushing attack with Leonard Fournette.
2: Um, Big Wood, I know you obviously played on the offensive line, part of that beef at the New York Jets as well as the New England Patriots. What does this do for the offensive struggling line that the Buccaneers had by getting a back like Leonard Fournette?
4: Well, key when you got a guy like – when you got a guy that's that's as physical as Leonard Fournette, man, he – you know, sometimes he can, you know, make up some mistakes you might have up front in the offensive line. Remember, with no no off-season program – you know that usually messes up the the chemistry with the offensive line because, key as you know, you know with the offensive line you got to get five guys to play as one, and uh, that takes reps. So all of these guys are behind. But again, when you add another talented piece to the puzzle, it tends to make your job a little bit easier, and that's what Leonard Fournette is going to bring to the table.
2: The New Orleans Saints obviously is trying to get a deal done with uh, Alvin Kamara. I think that's the way he wants Correct. you. Right? He Kamara. wants his Kamara. Kamara. Yes. Kamara. He wants you to say that now, not Kamara. Uh, trying to get a deal done with him. How important is it to the Saints in that offense for him to get this deal done and stay in camp?
4: Oh, key. I've always said that, to me, Alvin K- Kamara is the, is is the most explosive piece to that offense, and that's no slight to Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas is a fantastic, had an MVP type of season last year. But you talk about a guy who you can move all around the offense, who's deadly from the backfield, receiver position, creating mismatches against uh, defenses, that's what Alvin Kamara is, and that's what he means to the New Orleans Saints. So to you know, to see that both sides are, are you know trying to negotiate a new deal, I think it just shows you what the Saints think of Alvin Kamara and what his importance is to that offense and Drew Brees.
0: Big Wood, bring me back to the Buccaneers for a second. Them getting Leonard Fournette, does that change the ceiling
4: for them? Um. I, no, I think it. He, they're going to be right there with the with the all the teams, the the usual suspects in the NFC. The to me, the the Forty Nineers, the you know the Cowboys, the Saints. They're going to be right there. It might take them a little t- a little bit more time to gel because again, they didn't have an offseason program with a you know with some couple of new faces in there. But by the end of the year, the tenth grade Buccaneers is going to be a force in the NFC and. Again, they added another talented piece with Leonard Fournette, who's going to help him be there.
1: Damian Woody is joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. i got to ask you about Cam. I mean, you played for Bill Belichick in New England. Now Cam is going to be doing the same. Knowing Bill's personality and knowing Cam's personality, obviously Bill's singing his praises right now. But uh, how do you think this fit looks?
4: Well, first of all, i got to say, man, Cam is big as hell, man. Like, when you look (laughs) at Cam, my God, this dude looks like a defensive end out there. But I I think – Listen, I think there's an element of, of, of from Bill Belichick that, you know what, we've, we've always talked about Bill and Tom, Bill and Tom, Bill and Tom, where well, now he has, Tom's not there, obviously, with Tampa Bay, and Bill is going to, I think Bill underneath is eager to show everybody that I can win without Tom. And then you get a piece like Cam Newton, and I've always said, if Cam is healthy, Cam is, to me, is one of the top ten quarterbacks in the National Football League, so... Uh, I, I think I think Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are going to whip up a lot of a lot of wrinkles. That's going to um, that's going to scare a lot of opposing offenses. Now we got to see what the other pieces on the outside, what they're going to bring, what they're going to bring to the table. But as far as Cam and his and his ability to 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 run that offense, I think Cam is in a great spot to be in New England.
2: Damon, you've been in the several locker rooms, and I know you pretty well, and you don't like locker room drama. Um, no, nah, nah. I, I already know it. I know how offensive linemen think. Uh, Kirk Cousins' comments, pre and post, cleaning them up. How is that going to affect the locker room and the teammates, if it will at all?
4: Key, I don't think. I don't think it's going to affect teammates. I don't think it's going to affect teammates that much. I think. I think Kirk Cousins. Listen, I think. As it relates to Kirk Cousins, I think uh, Angle, I don't know if everybody touched upon. I think he's, he's, a, he's a man of faith. And I think what he was talking about was, you know, a lot of his comments had, had a, a religious um, slant to them. But obviously you would like to have seen him to be more empathetic in the time that we live in with this whole pandemic and it's kill, killed over 190,000 people. But, Key, you know at the end of the day, man, football is football. We're out here trying to win football games. You know, so I don't think guys going to be in this huge uproar, you know, over it. the locker room, we handle it, and they'll go, go on and, and uh, just focus on week one.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. These are obviously comments that he has walked back in some regard. They were obviously made also a couple of months ago when the number wasn't as high as Damian said it is, approaching 190,000 people. So just a little context there, but certainly seems a little tone deaf. Damian, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
4: No problem. Take it easy, guys. All right, Big
1: Wood. You too. Great to have the perspective of a guy that played for Bill Belichick now that Cam is about to do the same. But let's go back to another quarterback that comments his thoughts on Cousins. Uh, guys, obviously, the, the takeaway line yesterday, if I die, I die, essentially talking about if he were to contract COVID-19. Um, and Damian and Kimberly A. Martin, who joined us last hour, essentially said it might have been taken out of context because... Cousins is a man of faith and he's saying that this is beyond me. If it's my time to go, it's my time to go. That sort of thing. Um, What do you think about it? Because let's be honest in 2020 context is lost. People see that on their phone and immediately it's like, I thought this was a good guy. Now he's saying this. Well, you know what? I,
2: I kind of feel the same way based on understanding his information, understanding the context of it now. Right. I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I feel the same way. Like, you know, if it's, if it it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I can't. But when you say it, right, and then you along the way say the mask, it doesn't do. You know that yeah, yeah. kind of tying all that in made you go, man. What do you do it? But I understand where he's coming from with certain things. Certain things are out of your control, so why worry about it? I get that. I understand. He just said it, and when he said it, it just was like it was clunky. Yeah, yeah. it didn't. It didn't come across the right way. Wholeheartedly, I,
0: I agree with Key. I also think, though, there, there's a problem uh, within the media sometimes, right? And obviously, we all know the words clickbait. And, you know, you say a line like that, you can't really say a line like that. If you do, you have to kind of repeat the question uh, in your answer to a degree, which is something that I've learned how to do in interviews now, right? Because but they could shave that out, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Say. Like, so, like, <laughs> something, a, a small snippet gets, you know, peeled out of there, and then all of a sudden that becomes a headline, and then you have millions of people that react on that. Look, we, we got asked on the spot. Right, well, yesterday, see, but, right, and you and I were like, "Well, we don't really understand context." Was he yeah, joking? Yeah, right. You I try don't... to, and but we live in a cancel culture now, guys, where it takes one little small instance if you don't have context, where people just jump on you, and then you're almost you're deemed guilty in the public court of law instead of being innocent until proven guilty.
2: Well, the 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 only thing out of all that that I still have a problem with mm-hmm. is about the mask, right. Like yeah, I hear doing that, that. that. Other than that, it the 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 way he feels about it is cool. I understand, but when you start talking about the mask, doesn't help help the situation. Then I I I don't know that. I know the guys in the white coats with, with the <laughs> pins in their pockets are telling me to wear the mask. No, science, That's what I know. Science, science so,
0: does say wear the mask. So
2: therefore. I'm going to wear the damn mask, and I want you to, to wear, wear the mask. mask if you're going to be in my locker room and around me at all times. And when you're not around me, I want you to wear it because when you come around me, I need to know that you were wearing the mask. That's it. Other than that, it's gone to Pluto. I'm with Keyshawn <laughs> Thank
0: on this. You <laughs> I'm with Keyshawn <laughs> on this. Um, we're we're attached at the hip. Just to provide some context, though. It's confusing out there for people. It's like there's so much. Is it mask? not mask. Depending upon what day you're reading, what article, what what, region you're in, in. who you're listening to. It's it's, it's so spaced out there. Well, uh, this one is labeled this or that's labeled that way. It's it's a crazy world that we live in. So benefit of the doubt. Kirk Cousins.
1: Fair enough. Remember, the last thing the expert said. they win some games. (laughs) The expert didn't say wear a mask initially. They're saying wear it now. So you're right. We're learning new things all the time. Still to come, a title contender with a huge mountain to climb for a spot in the conference finals. A team that has never been or won the NBA finals. Barkley says they're about to get swept. Does Key and Jay think this team has any shot? We'll tell you who we're talking about on the way. No rest for the weary, for the nuggets that are back out there tonight against the Clippers. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Indeed. If finding a high-impact hire is a serious goal for your business, use Indeed. Their flexible payment options mean a better bang for your buck with no long-term contracts. They'll even give you a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post at Indeed.com slash high impact. Terms and conditions apply. Let's just say Charles Barkley, who joined us yesterday, do not think the Denver Nuggets have a chance to make a high impact in this series against the Clippers. That uh, will begin tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Yesterday, I think one of the guys flat out asked him, percentage chance that the Nuggets could win this series against Kawhi and the Clippers?
4: Zero. (laughs) It's a perfect matchup for the Clippers. You know, actually, I think... We knew, first of all, I want to admit one thing. I was 100% wrong on the Blazers. I thought they had enough, uh, but when they started, they just wore down. But when we started, and Jay Will, you know, he's a basketball guy. No disrespect to you two guys. We knew, well, because of the pandemic, it's been like almost a year. We knew a year ago it was going to come down to the Lakers and the Clippers, and I've seen nothing the last two weeks that's made me think anything differently.
0: Well, thanks I, I, for I want disrespecting the Yeah, Chuck. I was going to say, I want you guys to know that when I, when somebody says no disrespect
2: to you two guys, but
1: that they're means really they're disrespect. <laughs> so I guess we got to go to you but, first because we're. Not, yeah, Chuck, we're
2: ready but to Chuck, but Chuck can get away with that. But, I wouldn't accept that from everybody. Real, so Chuck,
1: real quick, I just want to mention Nuggets Clippers game one nine Eastern tonight on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll talk basketball with Tim Legler at eight ten a.m. Eastern. Let's talk basketball with you because you are a respected <laughs> NBA voice. Yeah.
0: I just feel like Jamal Murray has left his soul on the court. It's still on the court. You felt that with every time they played, him and Joker, it was like the energy that they had to exude in order to get out of that first-round matchup with Utah was so heavy. Like, even watching that last interview where he had George Floyd on one one shoe, he had Breonna Taylor on the other, him breaking down, him in the hallway afterwards, bending over his knees. He seemed so tired to only have one day, Even on SVP, where he said, hey, you ready for the Clippers on Thursday? He said, wait, what? Thursday? Yep. (laughs) Thursday? Like, today's – it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday morning, early wee hours of the morning, to have one day to go against a Clippers team that is loaded with the volume of defenders. Yes, Jamal Murray and Jokic are really good players, but do they have enough to beat the Clippers? Uh, Not at this juncture. Well, I was sitting
2: there. I was asking you, so there's there's Murray, there's Joker, and then who else, right? It's like the Clippers got so many – things they can throw at you, so many players, different players and different sets that they can throw at you. Uh, but, Jay, you you mentioned tired. You mentioned, you know, all of those sort of things, one-day arrest. In basketball, since you're the basketball expert on the show, as Chuck said, <laughs> well, no <thank> disrespect you. <laughs> to you and me, Z. You're you the football expert. Um, could it be such that they're ready to go where the Clippers were sitting around kind of waiting so they get a little bit of rust Coming out of the first game? Yeah, I mean look, they they could hit the ground running, depending upon how Michael Porter Jr. plays.
0: Uh, you know, he can give them a boost. He's very talented. He's young. He has legs. They do have options. But it just but don't he, seem it right. just feels though like yeah. once you settle into the series, though, Key.
2: No, yeah, for sure.
0: It, it's it's playoff time. So they could you know, steal one? They might be able to steal one. I think they might be able to steal one. Maybe I mean, look, the Clippers have had lapses before. We've watched them have lapses, obviously. But I don't I don't Jamal Murray is an incredible talent. I don't know if Jamal Murray is transcendent talent like Luka Doncic. Keep right? it going, talent. Like, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be that guy that can do so many of those things. Uh-huh. Denver typically beats you by the volume, right? They, they beat you by playing 10, 11, 12 guys. Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Monte Morris, they throw guys at you. Clippers throw guys that get too, but I don't think they have a transcendent talent like Luka.
1: Real quick, Key, because you're an L.A. guy and you know the area so well. If the Clippers were to win this series, which everybody thinks they will, they will be at a place they've never been in the history of the franchise. For the first time in their 50-year history, they will be in the Western Conference Finals. I'm not putting the cart before the horse, but I am just asking you, this is a moment that Clippers fans have waited for forever, starting tonight on ESPN Radio. They get this done, it's uncharted territory. I know you're Laker fans, it's no big deal making the Western Conference
2: Finals. It's good, right? It's like, oh, okay, cool. It's like the Mets, if they get something done, but this is New York Yankees territory, right? right? And, And so when you look at it, it's like, okay, the Clippers are good. We respect the fact that this is a team that is rebuilt. They got rid of Donald Sterling and all that baggage. Bombers come in. He's done some good things. Doc Rivers is there. Jerry West is there. We're happy for them. It's like the little brother, like, "Hey man, we glad for you." That's the, I'm serious. That's what it'll be.
1: No doubt about Clipper
2: it. Clipper fans don't like that, but it's the truth.
1: No question about that. Again, we'll talk much more NBA. Hey, they're cute. <laughs> hey, little cute Cl- Clipper fans. <laughs> Patting them on the head. We'll talk about it with Tim Legler coming up at eight ten a.m. Eastern time. So here's the thing. Today in the NBA, you got the Raptors and the Celtics again. We'll see if Toronto can finally get back on the board. And then obviously the Clippers will take on the Denver Nuggets. Keys Lakers tomorrow on... ESPN winnowing closer, about 40 days away, probably from crowning an NBA champion. Still to come, another title contender is in a must-win, figuratively, though not literally. We'll talk about their chances next. This is Keyshawn J. Willen Zubin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80.
5: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you
1: stream your audio.